Hello and welcome to Puffcast, your Harry Potter happy place. This is episode 62 on September 21st, 2022, and I am Melanie. And I'm Juliana, and today we have a very special guest, our patron, and more importantly, our friend, Kaylee. Kaylee. Welcome, Kaylee. <laughs> Hi, guys. We're so excited to have you. I am so excited to be on with you guys. <laughs> yeah, this is a long-awaited episode because you've been our friend for a while and also our patron for a while, but more so our friend. It's just been so nice getting to know you and now it's just so nice to see your face, which the listeners are like, what does her face look like? Don't worry, we'll post at least one picture of her on our Instagram <laughs> so you can see what her beautiful face looks like. <laughs> Maybe you want to give us a little bit of an overview of who you are. Yeah, fandom ID stuff. All right, so my preferred pronouns are she, her. My Hogwarts house is Hufflepuff, of course. Duh. Duh. The best house, clearly. <laughs> the best one. I always joke with people that I am the, you know, puffiest Hufflepuff to ever Hufflepuff. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. I mean, you have some competition <laughs> right here. Me and Mel are pretty high up on that ranking. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least in, like, my immediate circle. Yeah. Okay, we'll give you that. Yeah, the Queen Hufflepuff of Connecticut. <laughs> Put my little crown on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my Patronus uh, is actually a python. Oh, that's, oh. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone having a python before. It was I was a little kind of taken aback by it. Like, I honestly really like snakes, but I was kind of like, okay. a python? Okay. I don't know. I mean, snakes do tend to be really easygoing, like really? In, in real life. Yes. The Patronus quiz, I don't really trust it that much. I feel like people should self-select. <laughs> Yeah, it seems kind of arbitrary. I've yeah. taken so many different Patronus tests now, and I am getting every time dolphin. So uh, I, it must be yeah. true. Yeah, Mel just has to accept her fate. She doesn't get a choice because the Patronus <laughs> tests across the board have given her a dolphin. Plus, she has a dolphin already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a stuffed dolphin, not a real dolphin, okay? Just to make sure that no one <laughs> misunderstands. <laughs> I would love to see you try and house a real I, dolphin. I would think that those are difficult to keep. I, yeah. You know, Shoshi is a turtle, not a dolphin. Does he think he's a dolphin, though? That's the question. You he have to might. ask him. He might. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Alright, we are off on a tangent here. Uh, <laughs> what? What's next? Your wand. My wand uh, is Beechwood 13 inches, dragon heartstring core with solid flexibility, uh -huh. uh, which seems kind of like an oxymoron to me. Solid say, flexibility. I don't know, but solid flexibility, whatever that means. Like it, you can give it to someone, but it won't lose its loyalty to you. That's why I'm crying. I'm trying to like mm. figure out, like no matter how many times you betray it, it still comes back to you. Yeah. Don't you use the <laughs> word solid as a... You can count on that it is going to be flexible. I guess, maybe. So you can count that on that it's going to like be able to be used by multiple people and cheat on you. I think the more we discuss <laughs> um, this, the more Andre is cringing and all the other wand makers. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Let us know, wand makers out there, because we know you're all listening. Let yes. us know what you think solid flexibility translates <laughs> to in regular English. And then favorite food that's not pizza. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pizza is definitely my number one food. Duh. But I would have to say that my favorite food besides that would be linguine and white clam sauce. Okay. And then anything gummy candy. Ooh, okay. And then, Kaylee, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself briefly so our listeners can get to learn a little bit more about you. Sure. I live in Connecticut. Um, I am a mom. I am a therapist for teenagers. And I'm what I like to call a jack-of-all-trades nerd. Mm -hmm. 
So basically meaning that I'm kind of casually in about 40 fandoms at once. (laughs) That's impressive. Yeah. So, I mean, this includes obviously Harry Potter, the Grishaverse, Dungeons and Dragons, Disney, Doctor Who. You name it, I probably know something about it. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, Mental health and being a mom are probably my two favorite things to talk about. And fun fact, September is actually Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Yes. And listeners, just so you know, too, we did do our donation this month for our Patreon. It was Kaylee's suggestion, and we're donating to NAMI, which is really exciting. National Alliance for Mental Illness. It's a really amazing organization that works in the United States, and I'm possibly beyond that, to promote mental health awareness. And they just do so much good. It's so nice to see. They do some amazing work, and I totally would love to donate this month in honor of Kaylee for NAMI. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Do-do-do-do-do-do! News! (sighs) Hello and welcome to the afternoon news. This is Juliana here reporting from the news. I have two special co-anchors with me today. I have Mel, hello, who you might have guessed was already here, and also Kaylee, who you might have guessed was already here because we we kind of met them earlier in the episode. I'm here to bring you quite a bit of news because we just had the Back to Hogwarts Day, which is September 1st. The people at Wizarding World released quite a bit of information for us, a huge info dump of things that are coming our way. So we're just going to kind of dive into that and discuss a few of the things that they have released to us. And listeners, just know we are recording this today on the 3rd of September. And if there is more news between now and when the episode is released, Mel and I will insert that following this. So we have gotten a few more announcements about Hogwarts Legacy. We actually got to see each of the common rooms in the video that they showed. And if you'd like to see this video, you can head over to the Wizarding World YouTube channel along with all the other announcements. And it's about 20 minutes long if you want to watch it. We did get to see the Hufflepuff common room, which was really exciting. And honestly, I was looking at all the common rooms I was watching it, I was like, this is exactly the common room I would want to be in. None of the other common rooms rooms really looked enticing to me. And then we got to the last one, I was like, ah, yeah, sunlight, (laughs) big open spaces, cozy chairs. This is for me. And we also did get the announcement that there will be a way to connect your Harry Potter fan club account to your Hogwarts Legacy account. And so you can transfer over your house and your wand and a few of your other details, I think, and possibly your Patronus. There was a question if those were going to be connected or not. No one had answered it until now. And we know that those two accounts can be linked, which is exciting. That is really exciting. That's the one you have on the Wizarding World page that was former Pottermore, right? Yeah, correct. Okay, that's great. Yeah, you get a, a special like mask and you also get a special set of robes that are oh, yeah. house fanatic robes. That's what they're called. Mm-hmm. And so they're actually really cool. They had this really fierce looking yeah. uh, students that wore those robes. That was really nice. Yeah. All of us three are definitely going to be getting those because I know we all have Wizarding World accounts and we're all going to link those up and have a good time. Definitely. Okay, next thing on our docket is something that we talked briefly about before that we didn't have many details about, and that is the Harry Potter Magic Caster Wand. That's the one that had that really cryptic ad for it on their Instagram page that literally told us nothing. Mm -hmm. Now we have a lot more details. They showed us the wand. They showed us that it will be connected to Bluetooth devices, including like a Alexa. 
I don't want mine to hear me. <laughs> Any kind of Bluetooth, like voice activated item. Um, also, if you have like smart light bulbs and stuff like that in your house, they'll be connected to those as well. And you'll be able to do spells with the wand that will turn the lights on and off. It looks like you can make like a little mini thunderstorm kind of happen with the lights and the speaker combined. And you'll also be able to duel your friends. How are that's going to work? Not really sure. It looks like your phone is involved somehow in that, but there are still more details to come. There will be three exclusive wands and then one wand that's exclusive to Harry Potter fan club people. The Harry Potter fan club is free to join. So if you wanted that wand, all you got to do is sign up with your email and then you can go purchase it. But we did get the information too, like last time we recorded that these wands are going to be like $150 each. Oh yeah. And they better be good. Yeah. That's a hefty price tag. I also feel like that that could be used for so much mischief. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's I, I don't feel like you can be responsible using that. Yeah. Like you kind of have to have fun with it and like pull pranks and stuff. I think they're releasing this wand also now, which is a little bit before they're giving us any details about one of the other events that we're going to talk about in a little bit. That way people have these and that way when they go to the said event, you can duel each other. They'll have like little places that you can do spells at, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to have to see how these interact or integrate with the wizarding world. We all know that you can have a wand at Universal, and you can do things there. Are these also going to be functional there? We don't know. To be determined. Okay, moving on. Harry Potter the Exhibition is moving around. We already announced that it was coming to Vienna this coming year, and then it was also announced that it will be coming to Atlanta, Georgia later this year. So people who are down in Atlanta, Georgia can go and see it. Depending on the time it's down there, I may or may not make a trip down to Atlanta, Georgia to see it. We should later this year or next year? It's going to be opening the be- in, I think, the end of October. The tickets go on sale September 28th, okay. I think, for this, but it's undetermined how long it's going to stay there because the last one's stayed in Philadelphia for like six months but from what I was told by someone else that this is only gonna stay in Georgia for like a month or two but that is an unconfirmed source Mm -hmm. but it's the same exhibition that was in Philadelphia it's just moving to Georgia and then we are also getting Harry Potter a Yule Ball celebration from what I gather this is kind of the equivalent of the Bridgerton experience if anyone has heard of that, where you get to go and you go to like a little ball that they've created for you and there's all these characters that you can interact with, take pictures and themed food and things like that. This has been announced that it will be coming out at some point this year and it's actually going to be all over the globe. It's going to be in Milan, Mexico City, Montreal, and Houston. So there actually are a lot of locations where this is going to be. So I have a very important question yeah. about the Yule Ball that they're going to post. Are they going to play Wizard Rock? That is a good question knowing warner brothers probably not i would hope that they would honestly bring Uh in like a wizarding world like a rock band which would be really awesome like to have like luna and the love goods or harry and the potters Mm. we can send jeff over there if they want him (laughs) (laughs) yes he just had his debut album come out so if you want to go listen to some wizard wizard rock you can go check out jeff's polyjuice project on Bandcamp under dream quaffle but yeah we don't really have too many other details on this so and the website is pretty barren, and the Instagram is pretty barren. So it, it just looks like it's going to be the Harry Potter version of the Bridgerton experience, which looks really cool. The last big thing is the Harry Potter Magic at Play exhibit slash experience is going to be in Chicago coming up soon. They did share some pictures of this, and it looks like it's more geared towards kids from what I could tell. It's games and interactive things. It kind of looked like the Children's Museum equivalent of a Harry Potter exhibition. 
which honestly like i'm all for i totally i would go to this like i'm so mad that it's coming a month after i leave chicago this sounds like fun still not a lot of details on that but we're we're gonna kind of hang 10 for that one And then the last big announcement that we got from the Back to Hogwarts Day was the Wizarding World Festival 2023. This will be coming to the United States in 2023 at some point. It's billed as, quote, a weekend for a global fan community to come together and celebrate the Wizarding World. There really isn't much known about this or where it's happening, what exactly it's going to be, what it's going to include, how long it's going to run for, when. I kind of for a minute thought it was going to be like a ripoff of LeakyCon and I was kind of mad and then someone was like no it was probably going to be like the Harry Potter celebration that they used to have down in Orlando I was like oh that makes sense that they would bring that back just in like a different under a different name I never went to that but I know there were a lot of people who went to that all the time and they really enjoyed that and that's where they used to kind of like how Disney has like D23 where they would announce all of their like big announcements for the Wizarding World on that day instead of on platform nine and three quarters they would do it at celebration of Harry Potter and do like little panels big things that would happen there we're just going to stay tuned for that and that's why i think that they're bringing out the wands now because if the wands are up Mm. and running and everyone can interact with the wands when they go to this festival everyone who's there probably is going to have a wand and is going to have used it enough where they're comfortable doing some of the things so yeah maybe there's even some special interactions or something you can get when you go to those places and Mm -hmm. that honestly is like a huge amount of news Mm -hmm. i mean they did a big info dump all in one. Oh my god. All in one day. I feel like you have to pick one or two of the things and you yeah. probably won't be able to participate in every single one. It's so much, but yeah, definitely some fun sounding things in here that would be exciting to go and see as far as you are yeah. near any of those places, of course. And then you had one other piece of news in here too that I'm also excited for because my book should be coming. It's coming this week. I have not even been thinking about it anymore. I forgot about it, but I saw today that the new Robert Galbraith book, The Ink Black Heart, has been released just now, a couple of days ago, on August 30th, and it's the sixth novel in the Comoran Strike series. And yeah, I am really excited about this. I think these books are really brilliant. I really love them, and we have established this a couple of times. Juliana, we have had a discussion with... I believe with Ryan earlier mm-hmm. this year, where he also talked with us about this. So yeah, let us let us know if you are excited about it, if you are getting it. Um, what about you, Kaylee? Are you reading those novels or is that not your kind of thing? No, I, I actually haven't been. I have actually just recently gotten back into reading. Um, okay. I kind of got away from it for a little bit. I have mostly been reading the Grishaverse novels. Yes! <laughs> I'm going through them at the moment as well. They're so good. Yeah. So yeah, but that one has just dropped. I'm looking forward to it. Do-do-do-do-do-do news. <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Alicia. And I'm JR. And And together together, we're Crafty Crafty Jinx. Jinx. We craft one-of-a-kind handmade wands. Our wands are not replicas, but do draw influence from the wizarding world of Harry Potter. We also draw inspiration from nature and love incorporating natural elements to our wands. We both came from the generation that grew up with Harry and the gang, waiting for the next book to come out, going to the next midnight release, At the time, I think we all wanted and dreamed of having our very own wand. These are those dreams coming to fruition. We want to help spread that magic and help others' dreams come true. You can find our wands at craftyjinx.etsy.com and come follow us on Instagram at craftyjinxonline. 
And our main discussion this week was chosen by Kaylee, our lovely patron and our guest mm-hmm. and our friend today. And our friend every day. <laughs> no, she's <laughs> only our friend right now. Only today. Yeah, as soon as she leaves, we don't know yeah, bye. anymore. We don't know you anymore. Oh. You leave and you're gone. <laughs> Get into the main discussion. <laughs> okay, so in the spirit of love and just feeling the love, we are going to be talking about the moms of Harry Potter. So all of the mother figures and actual mothers that are present within the Harry Potter books, how they interact with Harry, the other characters, and what we think of them. So this is something that is obviously pretty central to the plot of Harry Potter, just because we have Lily Potter, who pretty much is one of the pivotal points in the whole series giving her life for Harry and creating the whole like love sacrifice storyline that we get that carries us all the way to the end of the Harry Potter series and is a through line for everything that we talk about. Definitely motherhood is something that's very much so present in the Harry Potter books and obviously we know Kaylee being a mom is really important to you. Yes. Tell us like kind of why you picked this and like why you think this is a good topic Sure. So, I mean, you, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit there with the whole Lily Potter thing <laughs> and, and Lily being really central to really everything that happens in this series. Mm-hmm. You know, if Lily didn't do what she did, then Harry would have died with his parents and we wouldn't have had the storyline at all. It would have been a very short book. And I think just like looking at also the different representations of moms, right? Like different decisions that moms make, mm-hmm. especially in like tough situations. And just kind of the idea that like, you know, most moms try and make the best decision that they can with the information that they have at the time. You're coming at this whole topic as someone who is a mother and can speak from that level of experience too. So it's definitely super valuable to have you talking about this with us. Uh, You've picked out a few moms for us to chat about, Kaylee. Yes. Why don't you pick one to start with and we'll just take it from there and see where the conversation takes us. I picked like the the top couple that I could think of. The first one, obviously, we can't talk about moms besides Lily in this series Mm -hmm. without talking about Molly Weasley. For one, she's a mom of seven, which props. You know, I have one and I cannot imagine for the life of me having seven. She's just like a super mom. She's the kind of mom I aspire to be because she's she at least seems to me so organized. Mm -hmm. Like she kind of has it all together. And granted, magic makes that a lot easier. But she just seems like she's the kind of mom that has it all together. Which having seven kids and having, you know, the twins and Ginny, they they don't make it easy on her. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think people don't realize, too, like, it does take, like, a certain level of focus and organization to run a family and keep everyone in line and also manage so many different personalities all at once and not explode on everyone because she has kids that are lovely children, but... They're definitely instigators in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. especially the twins, and they know how to push her buttons, they know how to push each other's buttons, and just as someone who's one of four kids, I can confirm that one of your duties as a child in a family is to figure out exactly how to push each other's buttons and annoy the living crapola out of every one of your siblings. It is a job that you're supposed to do. Oh yeah, that makes sense. One of the things that I'll say, you know, in my other facets of life as a therapist is, you know, of course your family presses your buttons. They installed them. Yeah. It's the things in our childhood that really we carry through the rest of our lives too. Yeah. 
I mean, kudos to her for being able to just function as a human being with so many people in her house. And also, she's running on limited resources, too. We know the Weasleys aren't super well off either. So not only is she trying to manage seven kids and her husband and everything, she's managing them on a budget, too. So she really is a super mom in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, and just to to touch on kind of how she interacts with Harry... She even that first that first year made him in his own Weasley jumper, right? And mm-hmm. from that year, every single year included him in her other children's gifts. And he was just kind of like assumed to be one of hers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always feel like she has the biggest heart. And once you are coming into her house, you are part of the family and you are treated as such. And she does that later on with Hermione and mm-hmm. with everyone else that comes and joins the family through marriage, for example. I think to remember that she does make jumpers for all of them as well. I don't know how she finds all the time to do all of that, but she does have such a gift for that. So she's definitely such a great mom that everyone would probably love to have. Yeah. She's also really, really thoughtful. Like she, the in one of the later books, I don't remember which book it was, but she gives Ron and Harry watches for like their coming of age present. Oh, yeah. I think it's book six. So Ron gets a brand new one. You know, somebody who always got hand-me-down mm-hmm. got a brand new watch. Right. Whereas Harry, who didn't have anything like that, that would be like a family memento, got a hand-me-down. Yeah. She was thoughtful enough to be like, okay, this person will appreciate this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. She's just just really thoughtful in that. Yeah. It's so nice to see her, one, bring everyone in, and then two, just, she just cares so much. And I think that really shines through. And she just wants everyone to feel welcome. I feel like her secondary house is definitely Hufflepuff because that's the vibe that we kind of want to put out is the just everyone is welcome. Once you're here, your family, you get included with everything. And we want to make sure that you individually feel like you're also appreciated too. And like, if your favorite candy is banana Laffy Taffies, by God, you're going to get banana, <laughs> banana Laffy Taffies. There they are again. There they are coming back again. Full, Full circle. circle here. <laughs> Full circle, but for the banana laugh taffies. You're going to get those in your stocking at Christmas, but maybe maybe instead of that, you like little chocolates or something. So she, you get that instead. So she definitely goes out of her way to make sure that, one, everyone feels welcome, and two, everyone feels like they're an individual and they matter within the structure of the family, too, which is super important and can be challenging to do as a mom. I mean, she's even taking care of everyone that comes in when we are in Order of the Phoenix. And they have the meetings in the kitchen in the black house. And it's just amazing how she even manages that. Yeah. Making food for everyone, making sure there's Christmas and celebrations and all of that care that she puts into everything she does is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She's also not like a pushover either. She's not just like, you know, this this domestic person that's just like home all the time caring for kids. Like, I mean, yes, but she's... You know, I, I think to like the Battle of Hogwarts, where um, I'm not going to say it because I don't you don't want you to have to bleep me out, Mel. <laughs> but Unless where she you want to be a goat, you can be goaded out. <laughs> <laughs> um, before she, you know, kills Bellatrix after Bellatrix was attacking Ginny, she defeated Bellatrix Lestrange, which like Bellatrix was one of the strongest witches mm-hmm. on Voldemort's mm-hmm. side. That's not like a small feat either. 
Yeah, that's a big deal. And that's where we can really see her Gryffindor side. And this is why she is primarily in Gryffindor. Because if you hear about the things we talked about her initially, you're like, oh, yeah, she must be a Hufflepuff if you didn't know anything about what house she was actually in. But then it comes down to the nuts and bolts of things. And she's very fierce. And she's very defensive of her tribe out there in the world. She wants to make sure that she's doing good for everyone she runs into. And she will be on the defensive and on on the offensive, too, if someone comes after her family. Or if her kids go out and do something stupid, she also is very bold and brave in telling them exactly what's on her mind. I mean, I think of the howler. (laughs) Ronald Weasley, how dare you steal that car? I'm absolutely disgusted. Yeah, I also have to say that the actress they chose for the movie, I unfortunately forgot her name now. I'm so sorry. She's also in Mamma Mia. I'm so bad with names, but she's just perfect. She is just Molly. Yeah. The voice and the the attitude and everything is exactly the way how I always imagined her Mm -hmm. to be when I was reading the text. Particularly that scene where she just is so mad in the howler is just amazing. I love that's one of my favorites. I mean, Chamber of Secrets is my favorite movie, but I I love the Howler scene so much. It's so good. And again, as you just said, and she has such a thought for everyone, even though she is super angry at Ron and shouting at him in the Howler, she's still including a well done, Ginny, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not forgetting about that. Yeah, all her kids matter, and that's really important. Yeah. And that can be definitely challenging to do if you have seven kids to make them all feel yeah. like they have some kind of importance. Yeah, and you never have the feeling that she has a favorite or anything. No. She just loves them all, and no matter who else comes to the family, just like Harry, for example, you can tell she loves and cares for him a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even when Percy decided to go rogue, mm-hmm. she was still, like, you could tell it hurt. She was just heartbroken and was... Yeah. Um, they say in the book how, like, she went to go and visit him in London once he had moved there and, like, slammed the door in her face. Like, she went all the way to London <laughs> to try and make peace with him just to kind of try and get her kid back. You know, obviously, Percy made very poor decisions, mm-hmm. you know, but she still loved him throughout it. Yeah, I think overall, out of all the mother figures we get in the books, she's definitely, I would say, the most exemplary of what a real mom should be, because she's not perfect in any capacity, but she's trying so hard, and she really is just showing the love that she has for everyone she interacts with. And that's really all you can ask of a mom, is to just be like understanding, accepting, loving, and caring. Yeah, everyone's going to have some mistakes, and she's definitely not perfect in any form, but she's a great mom, and that's really all it comes down to, you know? Yeah. The next one that we had was uh, Lily. So we did talk a little bit about her before being, you know, central to the plot. Obviously, Mm -hmm. she wasn't around as a mom for so long. We don't really see how she interacts with Harry as a mom really very much we get some like glimpses as to, and to how she was when she was younger, but we don't really see how she is as a mom. But her sacrifice and her mother's love that, you know, initially defeated Voldemort and protected Harry. And it stuck with him throughout, right? Because even in the end of book one, when Coral tried to like get the stone from him, right? That protection is ultimately what defeated Coral and stopped him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to think of her as a mother character because in the context of the books themselves she kind of is a, the central mom of the entire books because she is the through line that Harry is thinking about mm. for the majority of the books and it is carried all the way to the end too right 
where like what my mom did for me, the sacrifice, that love, that motherly love. But you're right in the fact we never really see any of this in actuality. We just have, and Harry doesn't really either because he he sees the sacrifice that his mom gave him and he sees how that power plays out. But he actually can't really remember being a child and actually experiencing her love besides that sacrifice, which obviously is extremely meaningful. We don't really have any other context for her being a mom because she's killed within the first chapter of the book. Right. Well, and I mean, her, her effigy is around a couple of times Right, like in the in the duel and end of book four, and in the ultimate one at the end. So we we see her a little bit, and she like talks to him a little bit. But do they ever say like if that's actually her ghost, or if that's just like in his head, or because I honestly don't remember. I I don't think it's technically in his head. I think it's just like a corporeal form, or just like a almost like a shadow of her in a way because the um piori 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 incantatum however you say that yeah it's just kind of like a memory from the wand essentially of who it is killed and this cast spells that it is cast so it's not really actually the person it's just like a memory of the person stored with inside the wand as their internet history essentially <laughs> um and, and then we get her in the mirror which isn't really a ghost either that's something that's yeah. creative within the mirror of Ariset itself well and the the mirror lily doesn't communicate either she's just no there. yeah it's just like more of a picture of her and the other family members you know i did always wonder about their grandparents yeah like there must have been someone else they could have stayed with i mean I think the grandparents had passed but I think he was ending up at the Dursleys because that was his mother's sister and that is the closest blood relation that there is to keep the spell alive. Yeah. Mm. That is the protection. I think that's what Dumbledore explains at the end. Now, I haven't read the books for a longer while, so I don't remember exactly. So correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but I think that's why he was with the Dursleys. Yeah. He's a very, yeah. I can say from personal experience, having laid on the front of Privet Drives on the uh, doormat <laughs> at Privet Drive, Dumbledore is an extremely irresponsible human being. If there was a small <laughs> child laying there and like Petunia came out looking for milk, like she would step directly on him. Like even as a full size human being being on that doormat, I would have gotten stepped on. I would have gotten slammed by the door and then I would have gotten stepped on. And then technically you good. were lying on the neighbor's door though, in front of the neighbor's door and not on. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just still a door is a door is a door, a doormat is a doormat, a doormat. <laughs> so did we have anything to add to Lily or should we move on? I think I think we're good. I think we hit all the high points with her. Yeah. She's a person who's relevant, but non-existent within the books. Someone who is in the books, but this is going to be a little bit of a hot take is Narcissa Malfoy. What's your hot take, Ailey? So she is, she may not be a good person, but she is a good mom. Okay. Is that all you have for the jury to examine today? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I have a whole, I have a whole like little argument here. Okay. State your case. <laughs> Obviously not to like extol her virtues as a person, but more like if we're just looking at her as, as a mother. So her love for Draco is absolutely undeniable. Yeah, I agree. She lied to Voldemort's face, like literally to his face. In order to, to get information about Draco and if he was still alive. Yeah, that's ballsy. Yeah. Um, she also really tried to kind of shield him the best that she could from both his father, my father will hear about this, and Voldemort. And I mean, she also didn't come from the best background herself being in the Black family. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, her mom seems like she was kind of abusive, just based off of that portrait alone. Yeah, I mean, I think all of the older Black family parents were pretty abusive. (laughs) Yeah. Sirius's mom was not all that great. You know, we don't really see her in person, but we see her portrait and the shrieking and the unpleasantness that comes with that. She seems like a pleasant person to sit down and have a cup of tea with. I mean, I would do that any day. That says a lot about you, Juliana. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're hot. I'm definitely at least... I'm definitely a mudblood. Like, let's be real here. The rest of my family is not magic. I'm a magical creature now, so I don't really care. Yeah, Mel doesn't... The bloodline doesn't matter. She's a pygmy puff, so that's irrelevant. <laughs> irrelevant to her, right? I'll call myself a flubinflavin, because that's also a made-up word, too. That's much better. Okay, a flubinflavin. <laughs> I approve um, of that. Which also translates to muggle-born. So, Gaylee, you and I are flubinflavin. So, okay. moving on to the rest of the bloodline. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, just to to kind of summarize with Narcissa, like, I just think she does a good job of trying to be a good mom to Draco in a very terrible situation with very terrible role models. Yeah. It's interesting to think, like, why exactly she married? I think it's a way of growing up that she probably married him because family suggested it's a good family and they have the same values and Mm -hmm. probably a money thing as well a little bit and you can see that the values installed in her and her husband are very deeply rooted in their family Yeah, and we see them of course as a very bad thing I think in her own way she's just doing what she believes is the right thing to do because that's how she has learned it from her own family and how she is surviving in this world through all those bad times also. And you can tell towards the end that there's definitely nothing more important. So in that way, yes, she's definitely a great mother who is prioritizing her child over everything. It doesn't matter even if she's lying directly to the Dark Lord. She will do that because her care and love for her child is so big and important. Everything she does, I think, is because that's just how she has learned it and in her own way she believes that's the right way to do it. Which is the same thing as every other mother probably does because that's Mm -hmm. just the values you have grown up with. Yeah. Like I said, you do the, you make the best decisions at the time with the information that you have. Yeah. Yeah. To me, she seems like someone who grew up with the same values as the Malfoys. And then I think having Draco as and like becoming a mother, it seems to have changed her. She seems to see the world from a whole new perspective of like, oh my gosh, I have my child. I need to protect my child. Maybe mm-hmm. the decisions and the views that I've had up until this point aren't the best for having a kid. And like, just maybe in general, they aren't the best either. She was she was probably all the years also feeling very safe when Voldemort was gone. You know, and now yeah. she's in a whole new situation where she has to reconsider her actions and the moves that she does because now she has a child that she's responsible for. Mm-hmm. That she really seems to love a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, and who ultimately gets dragged into everything with Voldemort. Yes. Too. Mm-hmm. And her husband is in prison. Yep. And he's crazy. <laughs> yes. Just a not nice guy. And yeah, it's definitely a, an interesting situation to be in because, again, I feel like she's someone who, like, when she married into the Malfoy family, subscribed to their views and then had Draco and was like, oh, wait, hold on a second. Maybe there are some things here that aren't the best and now is kind of unlearning some things and also trying to be the best she can. Yeah, but I think that is only triggered by the situation that Voldemort is back, though. Yeah. Because when we when we see her before that, mm-hmm. she's very much having 
the same attitude as Lucius does. Yeah. You can really tell. Yeah, because she feels safe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then she feels unsafe and then she starts worrying about Draco. Yeah. Draco should really care about his... I mean, we see that he really cares for his mother, but we he just mentions his dad all the time. And it's just like... Or maybe that's just because I've heard so many fan fictions and like the favorite fan fiction trope is, My father will hear about this! But his, his father is putting a lot of pressure on him to be impressive and to do good all mm-hmm. the time. So I think that's probably why... Yeah. Honestly, I think Lucius is pretty abusive. Oh, yeah, 100%. Probably to Narcissa and to Draco both. Oh, agreed. Yes, 100%. He is not a good dad in any capacity. He puts a lot of unneeded pressure on his child. He's very overbearing. And he ultimately sacrifices his kid to Voldemort. So, yeah, no, he he is not a good dad. We don't approve of him as a father figure. Nope. Nope. And he's abusive towards his servant. Which one, you should not have servants. And two, you should not be abusive to people who you are having do work for you. Thank you, Dobby, for all the good work you do. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Dobby. Rest in peace. We love you. (laughs) No. All right. Mel's like, I didn't know I was going to get a Dobby tribute in the middle of this. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the joy of being on Popcast. You never know <laughs> what is going to come out of the episodes. We have one more mother here on the list, Kaylee. One more mom. Um, and then I have an honorable mention, too. Yes. Yes. Well, I think is a good honorable mention, too. Yes, I would agree. So the last mom that I have is Nymphadora Tonks, but obviously we're not going to call her Nymphadora. So she is also in a member of the technically the Black family, the Black lineage. She's, I think, cousins or like Narcissus or aunt or something. But so this is another one that sometimes people get prickly over when I talk about Tonks and her being a mom. Tonks had freshly given birth to Teddy like a month before the Battle of Hogwarts and left him with her own mother. Some people would say that she's careless and like left her kid knowingly going into a dangerous situation. Some people say it makes her a champ because she, you know, fought for what she believed in for a safer world for her kid. I agree that she stuck to her values and tried to make a safer world for her kid. But I'm also thinking that she's a champ just because... So the average maternity leave in the U.S. is six weeks, which obviously is grossly too low. And that's just the six weeks for the like medical recuperation. Yeah, if you can even recoup in six weeks. (laughs) Right. So... Teddy was born early April and the Battle of Hogwarts was early May. I think it was like May 2nd. Tonks was only one month into her recovery from childbirth before the Battle of Hogwarts. Her body must have been like not in great shape. Yeah. But so between that and her just being a a champ in that way and her her willingness to really sacrifice for a safer world for her child really makes me feel like she's a good example of a mom, too. Yeah. Well, I think it comes down to how the circumstances around her leaving Teddy and like, depending on who you are, you're going to have a different opinion on this if she's a good mom for leaving or not. Because there are a lot of people who are going to say, well, she shouldn't have left her kid at all. She should have stuck around with her child. And so that way she could have been a mom going forward. But we all know Tonks. And we know that she is someone who likes to be in the middle of the action too. And like you pointed out, Kaylee, she's trying to make a better world for her son and thinking more 
long term than short term. So I guess it would just kind of depend on do you think it's better for her to think long term, like the world around him and what he will grow up into or the short term? Let me defend him here and now and make sure that like right now he's okay and that I'm okay. Because yeah, definitely her body must have been like rough shape when she went into this battle. And we also have to realize too, like she left him with her parents and they're very caring and loving. And it's not like she left him on a doorstep of some unwanted people's house. <laughs> People that were going to treat him horribly. Like, Yeah. Also, she, of course, is an aura and has mm -hmm. probably the feeling that it's her duty. She's trained to do exactly that and to be there and be capable of defending the defenseless and especially at a school where there's so many children that taking her own child out of the way and keeping him safe with her family and then go off and help all these other children that are in danger of dying from this battle. Just her general attitude, I think, is probably when you choose a job like this as an aura, you will have the sense of you want to defend and you want to help. You want to be out there and be part of it because otherwise you will probably sit there and feel like okay everyone is risking their life right now and I am capable of helping them but I am just here and it wouldn't feel right either yeah also to me like Tonks and this is just my personal read as someone with ADHD she like reads as like an ADHD one of my ADHD queens for me you know oh yeah she's constantly on the go you can see the cogs in her head just like constantly rotating and moving and she wants to be doing something she wants to be involved she wants to be part of the action that's something that's very much so just personally speaking a big part of ADHD is just like constantly being turned on and like needing to be doing something for her I can definitely see like her sitting around taking care of and being like I need to get out and move like I need to go do something and getting kind of restless and having that be like a factor that's kind of playing into why she also is more inclined to go and fight as opposed to stay back at home I think that she's definitely a controversial topic neither side of the argument is wrong it just depends yeah. on your own personal moral values and what you want to decide it's the best choice for you personally as a human being but we did have one more mom yes who is our honorable mention Kaylee our honorable mention is Minerva McGonagall. Yay! So, obviously, she's not a mother in the traditional sense, but she is a mother figure to a lot of the students at Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. She really tries to shield Harry from the worst of umbrage. She also tries to kind of keep Dumbledore reminded that he's only a child. You know, so she, she may not have been a person that's called mom, but she's... You know, somebody that's definitely a mother figure to a lot of people. Yeah, I would say she is definitely one of the most valuable mother figures, aside from like Molly Weasley, to Harry, because she does provide that level of guidance and that level of just trying to keep him on the right path that is really valuable and definitely is very motherly. Like, even though she's kind of snarky and also very much so just like by the book she really cares about the kids in her house and she wants to make sure that they are on the right path she will up front seem kind of stark and cold in some ways but then when something really happens that they need attention for she will pull them aside and we get like the have a biscuit potter moment <laughs> i was just thinking of that one yeah and like some moments with neville where you think she's gonna say something like mean or really like reprimand to the kids but she's really more or less saying like hey are you okay can i help you like let me give you these resources. Let me just check in with you, give you some cookies and make sure that everything is all good. So I'd say that that alone is extremely motherly. 
she's one of those people that are giving it straight to you. Yeah. So if you have messed up, she will definitely tell you. But she's still gonna look out for you and make sure that you are okay. And I think that is something I value very much in other people as well. That honesty is so important. And especially for kids that go through things and don't always have it so easy that you are there for them. So I guess that wraps up our discussion of mothers. Any other lasting thoughts? Would we like to thank anyone? Thank you. Shout out to to Peggy, Juliana's mother. And shout out to, to any of the moms out there. It's 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 rough out here. <laughs> yeah, shout out to anyone who's a mom. Shout out to anyone who's a mother figure to someone. It's a challenge and it's something that should be much more recognized than it is within society. So a round of applause for you. <laughs> so that wraps up our main discussion. And so that means we are going to transition into our game. So, as is tradition, our game is Are You Puffing Kidding Me? And this is the game where each person has one fact about them that they will tell to the group, and the group must vote if that person is telling the truth or puffing with them. Each guessing person can also ask one question of the person giving the statement, and Kaylee, as we normally do, as the guest, you have the option of going first, if you so choose. Alright, I will gladly go first. Okay. So, when I was in high school, I went Mm -hmm. to go see Phantom of the Opera in theaters, a grand total of six times. By theaters, do you mean like live theater or like the movie theater? Both. Oh, okay. Did you like go privately by yourself with your family or did you go with school, like with your class or something that your teacher took you? No, it wasn't with school. Um, I dragged several friends multiple times and then I went with once with my parents. I think this is true. This reads true to me. Just everything I know about you, Kaylee, this sounds like it's it's the only thing that I can see if it's not true is if the number is wrong and you've seen it like 20 times while you were in high school. I wonder how did you afford that? Because that must cost quite a bit if you have gone so many times. I imagine, was there like a smaller theater in your town that like wasn't super expensive to go see the movies and stuff at? Because I know we had one of those when I was growing up. You've already asked your question. I did. Yes, okay. you, you did. You <laughs> I her. did. Oh, darn. <laughs> Usually we can, I can juice things out of the guests because they, they start talking. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. But Kaylee knows. She's an expert on this podcast. She knows that's yeah, going on. Yeah, she has listened to us for a while. I think it's true. I go with it's true as well. Reveal the answer, Kaylee. It's true. Aha! Yay! How many times did you see it, like, as a stage production? Only once. Oh, wow. Okay. I, that's one of the things that I've yet to see as a stage production. But again, I do own the DVD. have seen the DVD many, 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 oh, many yeah. times. I have seen the movie. I've lost count of how many times. Um, yeah. it's The music is just so good. Like, it's such a creepy storyline. But, like, a lot of musicals, though, or plays, like, you actually dissect the storyline and you're like, wow, this is kind of weird. <laughs> uh, to this day, I have not even seen it once. I have seen short wait, parts of it. Wait, Fan of the Opera? I have never seen what? it. What? No. No. <laughs> It's an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. It's so good. I have it somewhere on my hard drive, but I have never watched it. It's one of the most classic musicals out there. It's up there with like Cabaret. It's really good. It's like a genuinely good, funny movie. It is the type of singing and music that I do not enjoy. And that's why I think I have never watched it. The singing is so good. 
Uh, Juliana and I both have like our hands on the side of our faces like, oh, oh no. <laughs> this is a travesty. Maybe tonight, just for you both, I will actually watch it, okay? I'm like willing to ship you my DVD that I have here. <laughs> I have it on my hard drive somewhere. I'm literally going to like text you tomorrow, Mel, and be like, hey, did you watch it yet? <laughs> After that shocking reveal, I shall move on to my fact. And I hope that you can make something of it, because I think you do have those Kinder Surprise eggs in the US Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when I was little, I would take in the supermarket a whole bunch of these Kinder Surprise eggs. I would go to the vegetable corner and put them on the scale and weigh them so that I could figure out which ones are the most likely to have the Happy Hippo figures, because I wanted to collect them all. I looked like a crazy person, but that's what I did. Hmm. I'm thinking about what question I want to ask to clarify this. Yeah. The measuring part of it, like the part that's like the analytical side of it, of Mel being like very meticulous about like how she goes about getting things, sounds right. I just don't know how determined as a small child she was to get these happy hippo figures and like Oh, very. It was a thing for every kid. Because you didn't want to have the terrible plastic toys in there. You wanted to have the figures, of course. They were special. I need to Google Happy Hippo Kinder Eggs. I can put a picture in here if you want. Yes, just so I can get a visual on what these little hippos look like. I think the Kinder Eggs were just introduced to the United States, like, actually pretty recently, uh, within, like, the last four or five years. But we don't actually have the same exact ones that you guys have. Ours are a little bit different. I think most of the ones that I've seen are, like, Star Wars themed or, like, princess themed. I don't know what a Happy Hippo is. It's in the dock now. Aw, those are cute. Oh, those are adorable. I had all of them. There's Mm -hmm. always a change of them. So after a while, you would get a whole new set. And not only the Happy Hippos, of course, there were Smurfs and that kind of stuff. There were other little figures to collect. But yeah, I really loved those. I think they're so cute. Okay, so that seems like to me something you would definitely collect, Mel. No, No question in my head on that one. How much did one of these weigh? How did you know that this was a Happy Hippo versus like a Smurf or something? Well, the the other toys that were usually in there would not weigh much at all. First of all, you can rattle the egg, and from that you can usually determine already. If you hear a lot of clicking around there, you would know there's lots of tiny things in the egg. It's not the hippo. If you have one solid chunk chunk in there, it's very likely that there is a figure in it. Mm -hmm. And those you would take, and I do not for the life of me remember now how many grams an egg was, but you could definitely determine those that were heavier were very likely to have a figure in it. So you would go with a big bunch. They did not like it in the supermarket when you did that, but we did it anyway. I did it with my brother together and my cousin did the same thing and she was really good at this. I think I'm going to go with true. I think the picture of the happy hippos is what convinced me because this is definitely something you would collect, Mel. I knew that you would want to see what they are, so... Yeah, because I don't I've never heard of the happy hippos before, so Yeah. Actually I'm gonna go with false because I think you would like shake them to see if it was the happy hippo, but I don't think you would actually weigh them because I don't think there would be that much of a difference in the weight. See that that's that's what I that was my only reason I would think false too, but I think I'm gonna stick with true just to we'll see what yeah. Mel says. Okay. It is not true. Oh but yes. my cousin did exactly that. Poop. And the whole story is exactly like that, just for my cousin and not myself. <laughs> uh. 
they used to do that and they would take the eggs to the vegetable aisle and weigh them on the scales and you could tell which ones were the heavier ones and also the shaking you could hear but sometimes whatever toys in there could also be packed very tightly and you could not hear it so you couldn't necessarily count on that yeah yeah people do that with lego minifigures or like the mystery bags or mystery boxes or things like that the little like mystery Mm. minis people do that a lot or a lot of the times too a lot some of the mystery minifigures for different brands will have different skew numbers on them so you can look Mm. up the skew number that goes with the character that you want all right so that means i'm up next yes So my first movie that I ever saw in a theater, meaning like a physical movie theater, was Rugrats Gone Wild. How old were you when you went? Um, like seven or eight, maybe? My mom didn't take us till like pretty much though all of us could go and see it because I'm the oldest of four kids. We didn't have a babysitter or anything. If she took me, she had to take them too. So she waited till they were like all old enough where she could kind of wrangle us all into a movie theater. Iconic movie, if you lived in... I, I'm sure, Kaylee, you've, you've, seen, you've seen this movie. This Iconic? Is... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With the orange VHS? Yep. Please don't tell me I have to watch that, too. <laughs> no, this is this is the mashup between the Rugrats and Wild Thornberries. Okay. It's, a, it's truly an iconic movie. I have a feeling we have talked about what you saw in the cinema for the first time. But mm-hmm. I, again, I forget these kinds of details, so I have no idea what to even guess here. Yeah, yeah I genuinely can't remember exactly. Whenever this movie came out, is we, we saw it like a couple of weeks after yeah. it came out. So however old, old I was. 2003. So that puts me at being around like 10. Okay, I'll go with It's True. Kaylee, what did you say? I say false because I don't think there's any way that you went till you were 10 years old and didn't see a movie in theaters. Okay, so we have Mel saying true and then you're saying false. Yeah. So it is false. (laughs) The first movie I saw actually was Recess the Movie. I don't even know what that is supposed to be. It's a TV show. I was eight when I saw my first movie in theaters. So actually not that far off from Rugrats Gone Wild, but Rugrats Gone Wild was the first movie I saw at a drive-in theater. Mm. Okay, so Kaylee, you made actually two points for the guests today. Oh, not cool. Well done. Juliana made one point and I made one point. And that leaves us with a tally currently. The guests leading with seven points, Juliana in second place with five points, and me in the third place with four points. I got out of my game. Thank you for that. (laughs) That was great work. Yeah. Now I want to go listen to Phantom of the Opera music really bad. Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. So let's give it over to Buttercup and her question of the week. Hello, lovelies. Hearing the girls speak about their favorite things to do in their childhood, I am now very curious to find out what you liked to do when you were young. Please share your stories with us out there on social media or send us an email at puffcastpod at gmail.com. Okay, well, thank you, Buttercup, for that lovely question. Listeners, if you'd like to answer our question of the week, you can contact us on any of our socials or our email, which is puffcastpod at gmail.com. But Kaylee, thank you so much for joining us today. This was so nice to have you. 
This was so much fun. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. Thank you so much for being our friend and supporting yeah. us and helping us to donate to charity every month. So that is yeah. amazing that you do that. Thank you. And let our listeners know if they'd like to get more of your lovely personality and your lovely face, where they can find you. All right. So I am on TikTok at KayleeRose52. My Instagram that's public is at the underscore nerdy underscore THX, which is short for therapist. And Discord is just KayRose. Nice. Awesome. And listeners, if you'd like to get in contact with us over here at PuffCast, you can listen to us on all platforms where pods are cast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PuffCastPod. You can find us at Facebook.com slash PuffCast. And you can send us an email with your childhood guilty pleasure or any thoughts or feelings that you have to PuffCastPod at gmail.com. If you so choose, you can join Kaylee and all of our lovely other patrons over on our Patreon for as little as $2 a month to support us and get benefits like exclusive bloopers of the back catalog that we have that includes my advent calendar from a little while ago it's almost christmas again so you can go yeah (laughs) we can bring it back up we can recycle it or i can redo a new one listeners if you want a new joke advent calendar you just let me know there will be a new one (laughs) (laughs) and you can also get access to our new discord and you'll get a sticker and so much more and for each patron we're also donating at least one dollar to charity every month and this month like we said we are donating to nami the national alliance for mental illness what a fabulous place to donate to we're so excited to thank you again Kaylee for suggesting that and patron and people who will become patrons too you get to help us decide where the donation goes and we will have a little bit more of an announcement about our donations coming in the very near future so stay tuned for that as well we might have a collaboration coming and if you would like to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify we would love for you to leave us a five-star review if you so choose and we will read it here on the podcast and you will get stickers a friendship bracelet and whatever the heck else is in my sock draw so until next time stay puffy and badger on.